So today we're going to start off by listening to Benjamin Dichter, uh, and he is going to, I'm just going to have him read this, uh, basically a mission statement from the truckers. And obviously we're talking about the convoy again, because it's a huge, huge-ish issue. issue. <laughs> not an issue. It's, it's a big news. Well, some thing. of the stuff is <laughs> an issue, but not what they're doing. Right. Yeah. Okay. So listen up just prepared a statement that uh, can really solidify some of the basics so nobody's confused. So I'm going to read exactly what our statement is. The Freedom Convoy is a peaceful and loving demonstration based on the principles of unity and respect for all Canadians. We've come to Ottawa with two very simple demands. One, the government end all COVID mandates. And two, the federal government remove its digital COVID tracking app called ArriveCan as a requirement to re-enter Canada. We have not anticipated the thirst for freedom in all Canadians after two long years of restrictions and harsh lockdowns, which in the midst of a in the minds of a sensible of sensible Canadians are not in the spirit of the Charter of Rights and Freedoms and our esteemed constitution. The supporters of our convoy have come from all walks of life and have been a source of unification for Canadians from across all provinces and cultures. We're not a group interested in identity politics or racial divisions. We are in fact open to all people who want to share their love and help with the revival of the Canadian identity. The Freedom Convoy leadership spans the country and comes from various indigenous, rural, and urban communities, all who have an ambition for unification and freedom. Our demands have not changed from day one. End the mandates and end the passports. And we will all go back home to our communities and our businesses and help Canada heal from the COVID years. There have been many demands attributed to us that are not our demands, primarily from the uh, legacy media. We do not want to overthrow the government. We do not want to remove any of our elected officials from power. That's what elections are for. We do not want to confront, we do not want confrontation with the good people of law enforcement within our organization and within our crowds we have countless first responders and military veterans who are all proud of the Ottawa police. We do not wish for military action. We want nothing other than for our peaceful and loving demonstrations, as well as our community outreach, to help inspire our fellow Canadians to have a voice and to appreciate the freedoms which we are fortunate enough to have and which many others in the world struggle to achieve. We also would ask that our political class and the legacy media tone down their rhetoric. The era of slander and indiscriminately labeling fellow citizens with pejoratives or as racists needs to come to an end. We need to talk openly and respect one another, but we cannot achieve this if our politi political class continues to behave in such an unparliamentary manner while the legacy media attacks the very people they are supposed to reach.
The unifying goal that all Canadians have is we want to a return to a normal life, a free life, no matter where one lies on the political spectrum. Now is the time. And the first courageous step would be for the federal government to remove these divisive policies of mandates and data tracking of our citizens and allow us all to heal together. Peace, love and unity is the future of the Canadian identity. Let's inspire the world to follow us on this journey of enlightenment. That's all. So that right there, uh, I mean, obviously the media has their hand in everything and there, he made a good point. The, the information that they're putting out is for the people that, and they're, they're talking about these people in such a manner, like calling them racist and just slanderous, I mean, slanders left insurrectionist even. And it's to the people that are actually getting the, this news, like <laughs> what? It's funny that, well, the media does that with everything, but I mean, you hear it from his mouth, like you could hear it from their mouth, but the media is still going to take his words and twist them in a way that he yeah. in no way meant said, or, you know, but that's well, just what they do. But you know, like he said it plain as day, there are two, two things that they want from this is to end the mandate and in the passports and that uh, arrived can. So that's what I was talking about whenever I said, you know, truckers have to, you know, quarantine for 14 days and then they don't get to see their families. They can't be off the road for 14 days. So that's like really an injustice to these people that are making our economy and their economy thrive. And I kind of had this conspiracy earlier that I told Kyla about. And I, I said, I wonder if Trudeau is like in cahoots with Biden because he's probably trying to put this emergency act in place, which we'll go over here in a second. And to like make an example of the Canadians so it doesn't come to the United States because the United States have already been, I mean, they, they're- It's coming. It's Why everywhere. They, yeah. It's everywhere. Um, <clears throat> Co-organizer Brian Brace actually- talked yesterday i think it was on news it was on everywhere but the one that i just saw was on newsmax where they interviewed him where he was talking we thought that the convoy was officially going to start march first but he says they're launching february 23rd i bet it's so they can arrive in dc on, on the first he says they're launching on february 23rd it's going to start in the area of barstow uh california and they're heading east so that's exciting because and that's I, like next week. <laughs> and I plan to go up to I-70 with signs and with water bottles and anything that I get, toiletries. I don't know. There's like, <laughs> I have a list here, which I'll go over that in a minute, but it's been hard to find out, which I understand. Um, it's been hard to find information about where I they're going. Why. I know. Well, and they're being very um, selective about the information that they put out there because they but, don't want. But they have the, the I don't know what it's called, the, uh, the national, no, the national, uh, oh, what is it called? Where they, transportation with the highway, they actually have them on board with helping these truckers get from the West Coast to the East Coast. That's amazing. But I can't remember what their names are. Um, but they named them, and I, it checked out. I just didn't write it down. There's <laughs> an app that. that they use to talk to one another. I wish I could think of the name of it. Um, Other than Telegram? Oh, yeah. It? It's a. T it's just a walkie-talkie. Oh, like walkie yeah. yeah, I remember and that. And that's what they are primarily using. I can't think of the name of it now. 
Um, I downloaded it and then I'm like, I can't, I deleted it because I'm like, you know what? That's just another thing that I'm going to get wrapped up in and not accomplish anything in my life other than listening, listening to what's going on in the world. Um, so, so I don't know how long it takes to get from California to Indiana, but I'm guessing like at least three or four days. So maybe it depends on the stops and everything. So when we move, do they have to stop at way stations if they're not? I mean, they would see, be. I think you normally because my dad was a truck for for years, but I say all rules are like out of the like they're not going to follow any rules because. Can you well, have, I hope that I mean they I, would break the way station. Like all these semis just can you imagine it would be backed up but <laughs> yeah, way stations are not even in it. Well, I know that they have to stop for a certain amount of time and log that because of uh driver safety on the roadway. But I think, you know, like they're trying to make these truckers seem like that they're breaking all kinds of laws like yeah, the media no. is doing it. And I and I think that if I don't know. I, Does it not infuriate you like I, if you've been following the truckers and what's going on, you don't see buildings burning. You don't see stores being broken into. They're feeding the homeless. They're like happy and yeah. they're like coming together and it makes me happy. It, it makes it me really emotional <laughs> me too. Like in a good way. Yeah. But I'm, I'm thinking back to like, they're calling these people like terrorists and everything, but was all that shit being said when people were burning down buildings and everything, like no. they weren't calling in like, no, like, but you know, if you look at like through history and different cities and different kinds of protests, I mean, throughout, I mean, you, you can look back into as early as the fifties from what I, from what I have looked up and this is an ongoing thing. They just burn down stuff whenever they're unhappy with what the government's doing or what the people's doing in that area or what rules that they have or what they're against, uh, you know, with bills that are being passed. And I'm like, what is the point? It reminds me of, I think it's the movie um, the problem child. I don't, I don't <laughs> yes. know, but there was a little girl that has a birthday party. Yes. Is that the movie I'm yeah, thinking of where like, is. she's like, it's my party and I'll cry if I want to. And she throws a hit, uh, just a huge fit. There's all her birthday. Pre- this is totally unrelated, but there's all her presents in the pool and she's just mad. But that's like, what it reminds it me of. Hurt? It's just cry baby, yeah. little spoiled brats that yeah. want to cause a scene because they're not happy with something. Wow. <laughs> I couldn't imagine if, like, I were to, like, be traveling to the grocery store and seeing some buildings on fire. Like, I, what? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> what is happening? <laughs> I'd lock myself down. <laughs> it, oh, it's, it's mind-blowing. But, okay, so let's talk. So, let's first talk about the parliament um, So, yeah, so there, what do you call it? Monday. It's not, like, congressional meeting or anything. It's a, it's a, I don't know exactly. They're, they're the way that they do things with their speaker of the house is a lot different than, right. than ours. I feel it's kind of the same concept all in the same kind of courtroom type setting. Um, but it, when you're trying to learn our laws and then learn, like, it's like, <laughs> wow, way different. But anyway, it, it was so, interesting. Candace Bergen, I think I'm saying that right. She's the leader of opposition. So basically think of it like a, a cross examination, basically. Mm-hmm. So Trudeau gets up there and he's talking about how he's going to implement the emergency act. And what did, what did he keep saying? Responsible leadership. Well, the whole thing was Candace was, she went in with this, she, they were doing a vote on, um, Gosh darn it. I well, pulled and, it up and everything. Well, and asking questions to Trudeau as right. well. Right. Well, all they were going into is they, they were requesting that they reevaluate the COVID 
2019 mandates restrictions and they reevaluate how they're addressing everything. And then so they can have some normalcy and get back to normal. And they were having a vote about it. So they right. were kind of going back and forth on why her side was suggesting this. And then he was going back on and why was, that can't happen. Uh, but he wasn't even really touching on some of the things. No, that he never answered her questions at all. But it was so funny because it was like, I don't know, it was almost like a sporting event. Like every time, it, it kind of reminds me of like, the world rumble or whatever, whatever you call it, the wrestling matches where, you know, somebody gets up on the speaker and he starts talking and then the crowd's like, boom, yeah. or laughing. That what, that's exactly what happened every time Trudeau got up to speak. And I was, I was having trouble not like trying to hold it together, not laughing. So I could understand what was being told. And, they were booing the man so much that you couldn't hear it. Well, and Anthony <laughs> Rota, I think is his name. He is the Canadian speaker of the house. And they have more of like a royal setup and he kept saying honorable prime minister i'm so sorry to have to interrupt you again but i'm gonna have to ask them to to be quiet can you guys settle down talk amongst yourselves like and he even said at one point in time heckling usually happens you know yeah like what, a one-time thing one-time thing and he's like you don't have to shout it across the room <laughs> it's basically like you guys are relentless yeah <laughs> it was great though but uh candace did say that whenever he said that he wanted to instate the emergency act, which is what they called it a war act as well. Like where military could come in. I don't remember exactly, but she said that that's an unprecedented sledgehammer for the Canadian people. And I don't know. It just seems like nobody wanted to listen to the man. No, it, he, so she would ask him questions. Like she would want legitimate answers of like, well, what are you going to do about this or that? And she you know, you, you have to watch it. We'll, we'll put the video in our yeah. telegram. Yeah, but, absolutely. Um, You're going to love it. <laughs> every single response, if you'd even call it a response, was yeah. he kept saying, like, well, we have to have responsible leadership. And that was, like, his response to everything. He never answered anything that she said or that she addressed. Never. Which no. blows my mind. Is somebody in, Does it really blow your mind, though? Well, I mean, somebody in power. But you, look at how many times our own... <laughs> That's president. True. That's true. It sucks to even say that. Uh, if you can't answer me, the I'm damn sorry. questions, then get your ass out of the seat. Right. Like you don't belong there. Right. But, you know, I piggybacking off of that, though, um, there's been plenty of military and police professionals that have said, you know, basically that they're standing in a unique position because they can stop the tyranny. And they can uphold the Constitution, commit unlawful orders, and they can stand in the way of the tyranny. Um, but who was it that just uh, stepped down yesterday? Oh, yeah. That was the um, chief of police for Ottawa, Peter Slowly. He supposedly resigned. So did he resign, though? or? And they said he resigned due to the because he was being criticized on how he was handling the prote protest in Ottawa. But, I mean, that's a... That's, that's an that abrupt change of leadership. That like it happened. Like yeah, that. that seems like either you resign or you're going to be fired. Exactly. And so I watched. I think an we've all had that. <laughs> I watched an interview yesterday where um, they were asking. It was a city council member, and the interview guy was asking her. So did he resign or was he terminated? And she just kept beating around the bush. She's like, "Well, you know, we don't speak on that." And he's like. No, but you owe it to the citizens of Ottawa to answer our questions. Like, exactly. did he resign or did you terminate him? And she never answered the question. Of course. Well, one of the speakers that went in front of, I don't know if it's, is it Parliament or that, I don't know, it's like yeah. that building or, 
I don't know what exactly it's called there. Uh, it's very different following the American judicial and congressional sessions versus the Canadian setup because right. it's not familiar to me at all. Um, but one of the things that one of the uh, gentlemen said up there said, it's not safe to speak, but it's also unsafe not to speak. Uh, and we will pay a dear price for our silence. And he also mentioned at that time, you know, like there's so many people that are hesitant or skeptical to get on board or to stand up or to do something or to say something or run for local government or to start a grassroots organization because of their family or because of their career or because of their future. And the, he made just the most perfect point. That is exactly why you should because right. of your future and because of your careers and because of your family. So this is why you should be doing something. And, you know, I, I think this is more of just like a confirmation that I know that we're doing the right thing. And I know that us speaking out, I mean, like, yeah, screw the people that don't like us, <laughs> you know, and exactly. give us crappy looks or, you know, whatever. Like it doesn't even bother me anymore because like, you know, after even speaking with Micah and him giving like just a, a couple of statements from the Bible that, it, it like really spoke loudly to me because I'm like, you know what? I, I am doing what's right. I am. I feel like I'm, I'm in this a time such as this to do this and to talk about it. And it may not be that much of a big deal to other people, but when I first started seeing the truckers convening and doing this, I got this like burning, just passion to, <laughs> to, I don't know, to do what I'm doing even more. And, and we even started like a, where we were talking about how we could throw together a donation for the truckers without it being shut down. No, they make it so hard to do anything, but, um, shoot, I lost my train of thought. Imagine one thing that. if you haven't Her picked usual. up already is I have shiny nipples. We're in syndrome. season three. They know. <laughs> <laughs> it was on the tip of my tongue and now it's gone. Uh, shoot. And that's why we never plan accordingly because it will never go no, as planned. No, <laughs> never. And I know that we said that we were going to start like and talk more locally, but whenever something this big pops up, like we feel like it's, it's it our, is a big issue. And I feel like it's our duty to kind of talk on it because this is like history in the making. And like what there was a what in 1970 something, there was another trucker type convoy to stop. I don't remember exactly what it was. Um, we'll come back to that. But you know what? So the the Canadian convoy is going to affect us, obviously. Well, yeah, our economy, it affects our economy directly. So even though it is not a local issue, this is going to affect every single person who listens. Like we may not be seeing it now. I think we've seen it a little bit over the last year. I'm not talking about the convoy in general, but like shortages. I haven't been able to find biscuits in store for like four weeks. <laughs> biscuits. And you think like, how spoiled are we? Like, yeah, oh I, my gosh, I can't find biscuits. I don't, even, I don't even know if I would know how to make biscuits. I wouldn't, but I have a feeling that we're all about to find out like within, you know, the next six months or so. We're going to be finding out a whole bunch. So I found this uh, little bit of history on December 3rd, 1973. Um, there was a trucker type convoy in Overland Park, Kansas. Um, and the guy that kind of put it together was J.W. Edwards. And it was in protest to the oil prices. And they became like heroes over it. Um, but if you want to look it up, I shared it in our Telegram channel. Uh, but it was just a quick history lesson. Like, this isn't the first time that our truckers have gone to bat. It just dawned on me that, like, I come from a family of truckers. My my grandpa owned a trucking company. And who would have thought that we would have been, like, 
I'm you know, just proud thinking, of, like, my you know? dad drove a truck for years and years. He hasn't for, you know, 15 years or so. But, like, if he was still driving a truck, my ass would be in that truck. Like, yeah. I don't care if he wants to be a part of it or not. But, buddy, you're going to be in a part you're, of you're it. Driving <laughs> you're driving me. You're driving me there. <laughs> it just dawned on me. Well, you're going to have to talk to him and see if he knows any of his old trucker buddies. Oh, he see, if know, yeah. see if they're on the road or Why doing haven't this. I done this? Why not? Cut. Why Get haven't? with it. What Good is Lord. wrong with me? <laughs> oh, dear. What? Write it down before you forget. Yeah. Gotta do <laughs> one moment. <laughs> so um, one of the other things that I seen was in New York City, of all places, you know what I mean? Um, they surrounded the uh, Canadian embassy, and at one point, all the protesters were chanting, we are all Canadian now, and they were standing on the lawn out there, or lawn, sidewalk, whatever. Um, but that, that is, I don't know, just American citizens standing up for what the Canadians are doing. That should, I mean, this is a global issue. Like, you it's know what a, I think they wanted? Problem. They've been successful in dividing us, but at the same time, they've also been very successful in uniting us. Oh, for very. sure. And look at the crowds that are awakening to all of this. Right. I mean, really. Like, it there's goosebumps. There's, I know. I just literally was just thinking I had goosebumps. But I have had people reach out to me recently and said, you know, I've stayed quiet for so long, but I wanted to let you know that I've been following your posts and I'm right there with you. And I'm like, hey, you know, you got to start posting. You got to start That's the thing. It's like, it. that's the only way we're going to move forward is you may have the same opinions, but you're too afraid for whatever reason to speak up. Like there's a lot of people. Yeah. There's a lot of people that hold certain positions, even in my hometown that will message me and say secretively, please don't share this or please keep my name out of this. But X, Y, Z is happening or X, Y, Z happened at my job or I didn't, you know, I don't know. Maybe I could maybe get some of them to come on here anonymously, but you know, if that, they're that fearful in a private message, trusting me, then they might be fearful of having their voices. Mm -hmm. like, we need a voice there. changer. We do. One of those guys. <laughs> like on Scream. <laughs> yeah. The guy that gets on with like the mask and he's like, you know, he's on TikTok and he's like, we found you. <laughs> I don't know if that's not the right place. Is, but... is that that V for Vendetta? Yes, yes. Yes. That guy. Yeah. Which would be exactly <laughs> what we would need right now. You've seen V for Vendetta, yeah, haven't you? Yeah. See? So talking about the unity and stuff, one thing that I absolutely just makes my heart so happy in Canada right now is they were saying they were going to find the people who were giving fuel to the truckers. Did you see that? <laughs> and so like <laughs> the entire streets were covered with people carrying cans and a lot of them were empty, but some of them were full and they're like, they can't check them all. <laughs> I mean, it was like just massive amounts of people. Well, they were like banging them, them together. Yeah, it was hilarious. Sense. I'm like, I, these are my people. <laughs> well, and my husband actually posted on my Facebook and put, um, my wife wanted something expensive for Valentine's Day and it shows a jug of gasoline. <laughs> it's the truth. Uh, yeah, it was funny. <laughs> oh, but. so let's talk about, um, real quick, because we, I can't believe we're already at 23 minutes, but so emergency powers, which Trudeau, invoked the, the emergency, emergency act. Yeah. yeah so he said that i don't know it's time limited he's you know it's not forever it's ge geographical targeted and it's reasonable and um, oh, appropriate there again with his reasonable leadership. right so he said it's not a responsible leadership it's to take it's an extreme measure to end the blockades it's going to keep canadians safe the community safe and the occupations I don't understand why he kept going to the 
I'm assuming probably the probably the buildings downtown. That's that could be I okay. Assume. I that makes sense. Um, uh, but with with all the, I think that he even said that he doesn't plan on uh, sending out military. He does it. Yet. But he, what they've done is given police more tools to deal with the issue, so-called issue. Um, that includes tear gas and rubber bullets that can be used. They're literally sitting in their trucks and exactly. eating. Exactly. What are they doing that having is so fire, harmful? So like campfires to stay warm. They did make them take out uh, or put out their fires, and then they started taking their wood. I saw where. Of, they had a hot tub this past weekend and they had a DJ. It's like, they're just like, yeah, they're going to such terrorist acts. I right know. There. I mean, they are just terrible people, but oh they God. are subject to imprisonment, imprisonment and fines. So what was it? 5,000. They could be fined up to 5,000. 5,000 or five years in prison, which is absolutely ridiculous. It's asinine. They're saying they are illegal and dangerous activities. Activity. Activity. <laughs> Welcome to two peas. Would you expect any less? So uh, real quick before we wrap it up. Um, this is kind of a really important thing that you guys are going to have to go and do on your own because it's pretty lengthy and there's a lot of information that we're not able to share with you all at once. Um, and not only that, some of the things that are, are they're going over. And I'm having trouble with words today. I know. Um, you know. Well, I mean, <laughs> um, but uh, this is it's super important that you guys go listen to it um, because, well, let me just talk about it first. Okay. <laughs> so go to grand-jury.net. And what's, what's going to be uh, there is a series of different attorneys from different countries, and they're actually sitting down and basically modeling the U.S. court system because no court would take their testimonies or their evidence. So they are doing the people's court, which is their right to do. And so on February 5th, they did their opening statements, which is just about an hour long. I had sent it to Kylan. I'm like, you got to watch this. Um, some of them are kind of hard to understand. The uh, At least for me, I had a really hard time with the lady from India. Um, I don't know if you did, <laughs> but I, I had to rewind and start again. Um, and then February 12th, uh, they did a general historical and geopolitical backdrop, which basically it's five hours long. I know that that seems ridiculous, but this is about crimes against humanity. So this is something that you might be able to look forward to and like the thousand people, I don't really know if it's a thousand people, but it's, it's getting it up there um, about the summons that they're basically going to have or the criminal, uh, uh, what's the word I'm looking for? You're asking me? Yeah. <laughs> I'm good with words. Um, basically they're going to try to arrest a lot of these people. Anthony Fauci was one of them that was on that list. Uh, February 13th, they went over the PCR test um, and all of its faults. And again, that one's about five hours long. Now there's going to be more coming up. February 19th is going to be on the injections. February 20th will be on financial destruction. February 26th is eugenics and closing arguments and outlook. So once this happens and they're complete with it, with the people's court, it's for the people of the world to basically be the jury is how I'm understanding it. That's how I understand it as well. And so 
once this is approved basically from the people of the world, not just the nation, then they can actually be heard in court. So um, there is a judge that's on this board and there are several attorneys. Um, and let me see. I will go ahead and share that link in our telegram as well. Um, but they've got a judge from Portugal. They've got uh, several attorneys at law from France, New Zealand, two from Germany, US, Italy, Australia, India, South Africa, and Canada. Um, but they also have their cooperating human rights defenders and legal activities. And I mean, the list of all the names, they're all legit. They all check out. Uh, and I know that it's a lot of listening to go in and really sit down and thoroughly understand what they're saying and go over the evidence like you're in the courtroom. But I, I think it's one of those things that we've been needing. And a lot of us have been kind of waiting on, at, at least for me. Like when I seen that, I'm like, no freaking way. They actually did it. And I'm kind of like about time, but then I'm also like, we'll see where it goes. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> but this is the first real step that I think that they've taken. Right. To, yeah. To do this, because I mean, it's, it's an awful situation that we're living through right now, but don't lose hope. I'm confident Keep that we'll, faith. we'll get through it and our kids will be fine is what I'm mm -hmm. hopeful for. So, all right. Well, we'll see you next week. Yeah. All right. Choo-choo. No, that's a train. That's a, that's a train. <laughs> <laughs> Do your arm in the 90 degree angle and pull down, remember? I know. But I can't do okay. Anyway, we'll see you next week. <laughs> you understand. Okay. Bye. bye. <laughs> Hey, 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 welcome back to Two Peas and One Patriotic Podcast, where we, Kyla and Hannah, join you weekly for tea time. We are two free-thinking, freedom-fighting, truth-seeking, small-town mamas who decided to take our tea time to a whole new level and, well, spill it with the rest of y'all on a weekly basis. So pull up a seat and grab your cup and pinkies up, bitches! bitches.